Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, how you doing, man? Boom. What's going on? Andrew, it's good to see you, my friend. It's good to see you. We, I feel uh, like I'm seeing you here today. You what? Because uh, I fixed my Wi-Fi issues. Ooh, Nice. I think I'm seeing you better. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, now, you, now you just went grainy again, so maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you know, uh, I would have been here like 10 minutes ago, and then I had to like restart my Wi-Fi router. I've had all kinds of uh, tech issues, so I see you clearly um, right now, and you got a you got a great hat on, man. Uh, it's nice to see you and your hat. I do like this hat. <laughs> thank you. It's nice to see you in your hat. Yeah, it's thanks, like a hat man. day. So you got but in all honesty, almost every day is a hat day. Yeah. Yeah. So I just went out and checked our chickens and I threw my hat on to go do that. And then I just left it on because it's a good hat day. You know, it's snowy here. We got like an inch of snow last night and this morning. Actually, we got the girls got up at the crack of dawn. So I was up early with them. Jan and I kind of rotate uh, that and it was still dark, but I looked out there and it was raining. And then uh, while it was still dark, like 30 minutes later, it changed over to snow. And we got like, it's really beautiful because it was wet. So the snow stuck to everything, oh, cool. which is really cool. So, yeah, man. But the yeah, chickens are good. We got a ton of frost here. You had frost. Uh, Only it looks frost. the same. Where, yeah, where you're like, but it's like a half inch of frost on That's everything. so intense, man. Um, were the roads yeah. super slippery? But like, it looks cool. I don't know. I haven't left my house yet today. Yeah. <laughs> so I would assume so. They were they were slippery last night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I assume they're just worse today. As you know, my employer is based in Colorado Springs, and they had like a, I think they delayed to a 10 a.m. start time. So I'm guessing they probably were pretty icy for sure. Interesting. But it's yeah. It's like school. You delay your start time. We're still all remote for the most part. So yeah. It's funny. Yeah, we have like 50 anymore, people like in the the main building, maybe, if that many. Uh, we used to have like hundreds in there. So, yeah, it's it's like everybody gets the update. Even if you work remotely from Pennsylvania, they're like, you should know, Andrew. Do you get a, do you get a two-hour delay as well then? Like, do you get to start later? You're just like, I get free two hours. I feel hilarious. Oh, no, sorry. Like, I'm on the two-hour delay schedule people. as well. People are, are reaching out and they're like, why, why aren't you in this meeting? You're like, oh, I'm on my two hour delay still. Like, didn't you, you see the update from the home office? Yeah. Like the roads are bad. <laughs> you expect me to be on the Zoom oh, call funny. when the roads are bad? Come on now. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. Um, Good old Zoom calls. Dude. Yeah. Speaking of Zoom calls. um, What's your what's your favorite thing about video meetings and what's your least favorite thing about video meetings before we get serious? My favorite and least favorite thing about video meetings. Uh my favorite thing is probably the lack of commute to the office to yes. have meetings. So that saves me an hour every day. Yes. Nice. Uh, a little over an hour. Uh least favorite thing about video meetings. I don't know. I think they're fine. I don't know if there's a least favorite thing. They get the job done. Yeah. And if you're not like, if it's a meeting where you don't have to engage, you just have to be like present. Yeah. You just turn your camera off and put your feet up and listen away and get the information you need. And then that's it. Yeah. Do uh, your thing. But yeah. Yeah. It depends. Yeah. For sure. 
I, in general, I the community like, you lose on the commute like, thing. We try to like figure out ways to like fix the community piece of being remote. Yeah. Or like we have standing meetings that people can just jump into and, and catch yeah. up with people mm-hmm. um, or work while, you know, they're on camera um, to fix those kind of things. But yeah, you definitely lose that when you're definitely with other teams too, right? Like mm-hmm. when you're in the office, you can talk to everybody and run into whoever. Um, you don't get to, you don't get to do that when you're remote. Um, you're only in the meetings with the people you work with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I like them overall. Um, I was thinking the other day at a meeting that went right till like five fifteen, which isn't super late or anything, but we were eating dinner early, so uh, it was just so nice to be able to shut down and be like, and I'm going to take five steps, and we're at the dinner table. Yeah. You know, like there's no. Nice. There, you do miss that like drive home time to like decompress, but at the same time, it's nice to yeah. be like, okay, that's done for now. I'm going over and doing something else. So, yeah, man, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a permanent thing for us. Yeah, uh, I do I don't too. Think we're going back, at least be required to go back, but we'll see. And our offices wouldn't fit the amount of staff we have now, so um, I don't think they want us to all go back. But we'd see. Well, dude. Dude. Yes. New series. Oh, no. I lied. New season last Se- week. Second episode uh, of the I, new I season. I named it. Did you see that I named it? Yes. Church words. I like it. And I, I was like, really that works. Like it. We're talking about church words. Yeah. Like, what the heck do they mean? And mm-hmm. all the crazy things that weird church people say. Or let's be honest, most of our lists are things Jesus said. So they're not weird. They're just countercultural uh, in a lot of ways. But yeah, we're going to work through these. We'll come up with others too. Um, last week we talked about turning the other cheek and how do you do it? Why do we do it? All that fun stuff. Uh, I still think butt cheek when I see cheek, uh, I actually wrote butt cheek recently uh, in a text message. I remember when I was writing, I was like, man, butt cheek, that's just a good word. Good old butt cheeks. Um, we need to bring that back into like regular vocabulary. Butt cheek. Yeah, we just call it a butt now. Like we put them together. We don't give right. like credit to both cheeks. Like, right. We don't you bring don't, them into it. Like, you know, they're individual the, cheeks. You got left, you got right. Bring back cheeks. Uh, yeah. Dude, bring yeah. back the butt cheeks. We need more cheek talk. Old, that's for sure. Good old butt cheek. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's just so funny. Uh, but yeah, so uh, this week we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna continue on that thought uh, in this season of church words. I don't know how long it'll go on for. It'll go on until we get bored with it. Cause that's usually how we do these things or we run out of content. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's helpful. Hopefully, you know, somewhat practical in, in how we approach some of these things or at least in lighting, like, Oh, that's what that means. Right. Right. That's what we're going for. We're going for the, ah, that's what that means. Uh, but yeah, this week we're talking, uh, this is a quote straight from Jesus. Uh, he that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. Right. Uh, Andrew, what the heck is Jesus talking about here? <sighs> Well, let me tell you, Josh, uh, by first reading a little bit of the story that is here, because I feel like it's short, but it uh, it adds a good context, you know? So this is out of John chapter eight, and it's the first seven verses. So here we go. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came again to the temple and all the people were coming to him. And he sat down and he began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. And having set her at the center of the court, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. 
Now in the law of Moses, the law of Moses commanded us to stone such woman. What then do you say? Uh, They were saying this, testing him so that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. But when the Pharisees persisted in asking him, he straightened up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they began to go one by one, beginning with the older ones. And he was left alone and the woman with the woman where she was in the center of the court. Straightening up, Jesus said to her, woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She said, no, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go. For now on, sin no more. Uh, I'm going to pause talking and talk to my three-year-old for a sec. <laughs> she, I think she's talking through the door. Oh, no, she's standing right there. That's funny. Um, yeah, kind of. A, a, probably, if you've spent any time in the church, I would assume you've probably heard this story uh, before. Yes. Um, it's it's a pretty famous story, I would assume. Um, maybe not the most famous is out there famous as is but it's up but there it's up there it's a big one yeah um yeah and essentially what's happening kind of retelling the whole story like woman's caught in adultery she gets drugged to the the probably the temple court somewhere around there wherever yeah. the pharisees are hanging out mm-hmm. uh they're like yeah old covenant says stone this woman and not like get out the marijuana bong pipe no and get stoned no no, this is no. like real stones. You know, the ones that you like. Actually, when I was a child, I know what it feels like to get stoned. Oh, no. Not you got hit stone, with a stone? This kind of stone. Yeah. When I was a kid, we, we used to go camping on the beach every summer, which very fond memories of mine. Uh, and we were on the beach playing and my brother got mad at me and he threw a freaking, I'm telling you, it was like three feet by three feet. It was a huge <laughs> freaking rock <laughs> at my head. Uh, or at least it felt that way or looked that way. And oh, yeah, man. blood and everything. Freaking, I'm going to text him today. I'm like, remember when you stoned me? Uh, <laughs> it was a good throw. Like it was, me. I was like hiding or he was hiding behind a dumpster or something like yes. that. I remember, but yeah, it was a good hit. Uh, yeah. So I know what it's like, but they keep doing it to you, you know, either into your life or you die. You know, I don't know if it was like kill everybody kind of stoning. Cause we have a fair amount of examples throughout uh scripture where they didn't die like paul got stoned a couple of times yeah i think it's Um, either way it's public right and it's condemning it's like a group of people throwing literal rocks at you whether you live or not like you're going to be maimed and you're going to be super shamed and probably like out of social circles at a minimum if you don't live you know it's like everybody look at the bad man or the bad woman and then throw rocks at them like it's intense. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. It's like through the medieval times yep. of when they put them in like the shackles and threw rotten food at them. Yeah. Uh, I would assume it's like that. I think that oh. actually happened. I don't know if it really did. <laughs> I've just seen movies. Um, I'm going to assume that it's true. Right. Because it's a funny story. But yeah, it's shaming, but it's also extremely painful getting stones. <laughs> well, in the story, Jesus steps in, stops it from happening. He writes something in the sand. We don't know why. I would like to believe the idea that it was their sin <laughs> that he wrote in the sand. That's a pretty cool story. Yep. Uh, he probably only had to like write one or two things and it just like hit the whole group. He just picked the biggies uh, and then, you know, stopped it and then said his famous words uh, uh, at the end of that. Uh, I'm trying to find him. Not just what we're covering today. You know, anyone without sin, let him first throw the stone. Oh, verse 11. Uh, then I do not condemn you. Just 
Jesus declared, go now and live a life. Go of, now and live, sin no more. Your life of That's sin. what mine says. Yeah. Yeah. But it's this like, but, but they put it on Jesus. Like the Pharisees, Jesus must have been at the temple court because I think it said it was in the temple court. Mm-hmm. The Pharisees bring the woman who had been caught, they say, in the act of adultery, you know, like red-handed, whatever that meant. And um, That's nuts. Let's, can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> yeah. Caught red-handed in the act of adultery. <laughs> like, first off, where are you in this act at? Oh like, is someone gosh. busting down a bedroom door? <laughs> are you not in anyone's home and you're just trying to get, you know, get the dirty done? Like... <laughs> I got so many questions about how she was caught. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Who knows on that part, but I probably had something to do with butt cheeks. <laughs> uh, bringing it all back. I would assume. Uh, Definitely involved. At least they were present. Yeah. But we know caught red handed enough that the Pharisees were coming in hot. Like we're about to stone this chick. Like she deserves it. Moses's law told us to in this scenario. And then they put it to Jesus because there's already animosity there. They put it to him like, what do you say, teacher? What do we do? You know, and I can like if you picture it, it's not a like, hey, Jesus, would you advise us on on what we do? Should we follow the law of Moses? Should we do something else? Like could have been that. I doubt it. I bet it was more like, um, yeah, let's see if we can trip him up. Let's see if he'll contradict the law of Moses. in our presence and in front of all these people, you know, it was like, I, I get that vibe uh, more than anything else. And, and I haven't done a deep dive on the scripture, the words of like, was that the case? But I, based on a lot of the other interactions with the Pharisees in the gospels, um, that picture makes a whole lot of sense in my mind where they're trying to test him. They're trying to say, would you, would you dare contradict the authority that Moses gave us, the Pharisees, to carry out God's punishment on this person, this woman, because uh, she deserves yeah. to be stoned. And we got some people who are really good at throwing rocks. So what do you say, Jesus? Uh, do you want to be wrong in front of everybody and tell us not to? <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's the cool thing. Like, sure he's god but the dude is brilliant in how he deals with certain yes. things you know throughout the re- recordings we have like this yep. is a great way to deal with it could have been argument he could have repeated scripture back at him uh he could have you know but no he just he just wrote some things in the sand like that was his response you're just like man dude jesus i just want to be more like you every day mm-hmm. like holy crap dude um to have that level of foresight to be yep. able to get like because with Jesus, the end goal is always in mind, right? Yep. Like, that's the beautiful thing about who he is. The end goal is always in mind. Yep. Um, so when he makes decisions, he's making decisions for the end goal. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have corrected behavior in the moment. He could have scolded them like he did at other points of the Pharisees. Like, he could have, you know, just ranted back and forth, but he didn't. Like, the end goal in my, was, was in mind. Like, it was, he's going to the cross. He's going to forgive sin. He's going to restore a relationship. Um, he's bringing in a new kingdom. Um, and, like, because of that, Here's a moment that I'm able to, to essentially help them understand. Like, correcting behavior isn't always a bad thing, um, and we'll get into that in this conversation. And that's essentially what he's doing with the Pharisees, he's giving them an opportunity, probably in a more roundabout than direct way. He is writing in the sand, and 
I right. doubt he's like putting pointing arrows to each of the Pharisees standing around with rocks in their hands of like, this one applies to you. This one applies to you. This one applies to both of you. Uh, he's probably just writing things. So uh, there's a, there's a an- anonymity. I got that word out. That's pretty good. Yes. Uh, I knew I was going to struggle with it. Uh, that that's at play here that I, I would say he's probably still trying to win these Pharisees over um, at this point. And he does win some of that group over. Um, we see later on, but um, so yeah, like, but I guess we can get to the point of it. What is Jesus talking about when he says, you know, those without sin, let him cast the first stone. So I'm sorry. I was looking up something quick. Um, and in Hosea six, six, which is the old Testament, old covenant, um, it says this, uh, for I desire mercy not sacrifice and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. That's Hosea said six, six. And that popped to mind as you were talking, because I don't like Jesus didn't with his words contradict or overrule the law of Moses, you know, but he, he did um, demonstrate forgiveness when he could have carried out judgment. Like, There would be plenty of authority based on the rules of the day and their understanding of God to stone this woman because that's what had been. And that was the standing. That was the what Moses put out there is that you can do that thing when when adultery happens and when somebody's caught. But uh, in Hosea, this this uh, that verse six, Hosea six, six, if I desire mercy, not sacrifice, um, where God the prophet, I think Hosea was saying, you would have known this. You would have understood this if you knew God. And, um, anyway, like that, that component of mercy, like, yeah, I could carry out judgment. I being Jesus could carry out judgment, but, uh, I'm going to demonstrate, um, mercy. Like I'm going to demonstrate grace when you, you didn't deserve mercy. You didn't deserve grace uh necessarily you knew what you were doing was wrong you were committing sin and you were caught but jesus takes it and flips the script probably as a way to foreshadow what he's going to do on the cross for each of us for those pharisees present there for the woman present there and for you and i you know it's a it's a moment of like i could condemn uh but he ends it by saying i do not condemn you either go from now on sin no more. Um, and that's like, that's the call on us, right? Is, uh, when, when we sin, uh, when we turn from it, when we confess it to, to God and repent, like there's forgiveness, full forgiveness and it's go and sin no more. Like don't, don't use that as a, as a means to, uh, commit adultery or fall back into that sin right again use it as a means to cut that out of your life entirely go and sin no more. Um, so anyway, I don't know if that answered your question, but that's, that's where my mind went right away on this. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I would add to that too. Like we've talked about this before, you have no power over sin. So if Jesus isn't a part of the equation, good luck. Uh, Right. You know, you're just going to stress yourself out, but let Jesus walk you through that. Um, if that's where you find yourself, um, I think too, like, it's funny how 
society, humanity repeats itself in cycles, right? Like, you know, we, we look at Pharisees and, and we give them such a hard time, like how, you know, what douchebags, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's been a while since I cursed on the podcast. Sorry, douchebags. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, but like, there's, there's that piece of this too, of like, shoot, Christianity. I was just talking with some coworkers, Christianity through the nineties and early two thousands. Like we were 100% Pharisees. Like that's how we function. That was our MO. That's what we constantly go back to. And that's still true in, in some parts of Christianity today, but like that was, that was our go-to and it's probably why we're having so many issues now. Uh, yeah. because of all those decisions that were made then um like we were 100 percent a white you know whitewashed tomb with dead man's bones on the inside and um, that's how we function everything was behavior based like well we don't listen to this kind of music i don't know i grew up in you know in the 90s and 2000s going through you know middle school high school um and like i don't know if you went through youth ministry but i don't know how many times we yeah. broke all of our bad cds like that was like that was the thing to do. You're like, oh, this is secular music. This is evil. And like you come back from a, a conference or a, a camp, and those are the testimonies. I came back and I destroyed all my bad CDs. You're like, yeah, we missed the point on that one. Like, <laughs> don't think Jesus cares. Uh, he cares about your heart. And sure, there's a heart issue there, and that's playing to it. I would doubt that it is. I think everything's redeemable. I, I shouldn't say everything. Majority of things are redeemable, but um, I, I think there's there's this weird, uh, or we only were Christian, you know, we went to, you know, uh, shoot, I can't remember Lifeway stores or whatever your Christian, you know, bookstore was. And you bought all the Christian merchandising with essentially, essentially all you're doing, all they were doing was stealing brands, yes, <laughs> changing a few 100%. words and then you're putting it on. So everybody, so you could have the testimony, uh, on the, like we were just creating these facades of, uh, of the, the evil that was still in our hearts. Um, instead of walking with Jesus, letting Jesus foster a relationship inside of us. Um, and this is still true today. Like this still happens, but as you know, it's just not as up in front in our face. It's, it's hidden a little bit more. Um, but like we're creating these facades of, you know, look at all this outward change uh, in all reality. We're, we're still dead man inside. You know, we haven't walked with Jesus. We haven't fostered a relationship with Jesus. Let Jesus lead us in that, that same face process. We don't show more peace, you know, kindness, patience, joy in our lives, you know, the fruits of the spirit, um, unless we're, we're, we're manifesting or trying to fake it ourselves. And then the church started to make this shift. Uh, and we started to make this shift of like all the books started coming out, you know, we're not a behavior modification factory, you know, we're, we're trying to see real heart change. And, and we started to make a shift towards that, um, which is great. Fantastic. Um, we just got better at hiding it now. Like we still don't foster relationship. And then it became, well, I have to just deal with the sin of my life. Uh, and then I have to make sure that I have more joy. So I'm going to force myself to have joy. Um, rather than letting Jesus do the sanctification, we took that back on ourselves. And then we all got exhausted. And Christianity was a burden. And it was hard. And we're like, why are we doing this to ourselves? And then we started to see the mass exodus. We, you know, That group of, of my age, essentially, uh, started to leave the church because they looked back and said, well, all they did was told us what not to do. And it, it wasn't, yep. wasn't yep. real anyways. Like They were all fake. They were all hypocrites. So they started walking away from it because Christianity got hard for them because they took the control away from Jesus and it became up to their ability to do something rather than Jesus' ability inside of them to do something. And we missed that piece as well. But um, I don't know how far off a topic we just went, or I just went, but um, he who is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. 
Um, I thought Andrew was going to say something. Talk to us. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going for another minute. Uh, um, but going back to that, like it, it's the whole concept of judgment, right? Um, and you've heard it like, you know, Christians aren't supposed to judge. And that's relatively true. Um, you know, I would say this. I would say it's not, I'm not passing judgment on somebody if I bring up something about their behavior that just doesn't align with, with God's ways. As long as I do that with people I'm in relationship with and actually have voice to speak at yes. those things, right? Like standing on the street corner and telling everybody that they're a sinner and, you know, they're going to hell. I'll be honest with you. I highly doubt that's ever worked. Um, hmm. And we did that for decades um, as Christians. A lot of attempts. Um, yeah. You know, going, yeah. Going, you know, being in a, say I'm in a, in a group with some, uh, a bunch of guys and I see a, something that they said that's wrong. And uh, I feel the need to correct them publicly in front of everybody um, because I want it. Cause I'm in my head. I'm like, no, no, no. We have to correct bad truth. This isn't truth. So we have to correct it. Or I should say bad information, not truth. Um, like there's that. So I correct it. So I'm like, cause the other people have to know that that's wrong. I'm doing this because I'm protecting truth. Um, and in all reality, I'm just causing harm. I'm damaging relationship. The dude's going to feel shame. He's going to retreat. He's not going to listen to anything I had to say. And I'm going to probably become enemy number one in his life because no one ever has ever done that to him before. But I was doing it out of protecting truth. And that's what matters most. Um, I think Jesus is very clear throughout his message in his new kingdom. Us protecting truth is not our primary responsibility. Like if we're in relationship with people, awesome, great. Have great conversations. Try to approach it in the best, most honoring way to that person because you genuinely want to help them, right? Like sin is destructive. If I see someone living in sin, like out of love, yeah, I would want to correct it. Um, but I have to pay attention to how I'm doing it because that matters. And we're not going to do it right all the time and people aren't going to do it right for you. Like I just had a conversation with a friend not that long ago. I think I shared this one that corrected, you know, something in my behavior um, that I didn't realize offended him or hurt him. But um, you know, that's how it came across. And he did a poor job at bringing it up. Like I was offended. It was not the right time. Um, blah, 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 blah. And I could have just shut it down, but like, take those moments. Like that person's been walking with you a long time. They should have voice in your life. Yep. Um, and if you haven't told them that they have voice in your life, you should tell them that they have voice in your life. So they have confidence to share those kinds of things yeah. um, as they come up throughout your life. And then you take that back to Jesus and you talk through it and figure out, you know, what your action steps are, if there are any. Um, like Jesus should be leading that process, not you and your friends shouldn't be leading that process. Yeah. Um, like they should speak into you. They, they should have voice, um, but take that back to Jesus and deal with it, how Jesus wants to deal with it. And maybe it's Jesus saying, Hey, I want you to walk with so-and-so and, and, and follow their lead, um, on this area. Then that's the methodology. You go back to that so-and-so and follow their lead Yeah. Uh, in that area. Um, maybe it's, Hey, this is why you do those things. Let's deal with these, these three things right here. Um, and you're like, okay, well, how do I deal with those Jesus? Uh, and then he can walk you through that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think the church, I think Christians in general are way too easy. And this goes back to like the conversation we had, Andrew, yeah. um, and interrupt me at any point. I don't know if you're still, yeah, um, I'm, I'm good for, goes back I'm, to that conver- I'm back, but, but keep going. This okay. goes back to the conversation we had. Yeah. Yeah. About, you know, Christians are so quick to draw lines in the sand and figure out who's with them and who's against them. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it, it plays in the same thing because oftentimes the lines in the sand that we draw, we draw because we think whatever they're doing is sin. Um, we right. become the, the judge and the jury. Um, and that's, that's just not our role, right? Like we see it in um, the Sermon on the Mount. You know, Jesus, famous sermon, hits all the key points of the new kingdom and says, this is how we live this life. 
but this is Matthew 7, the beginning of 7. It says, do not judge or you too will be judged. In the same way you judge others, you will be judged. Yep. Um, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather not be judged unless I'm in relationship with people. Um, and at that point, like, yeah, I want them, I want iron to sharpen iron. Uh, but in general, yeah, I don't necessarily need to be judging people because I'd rather not be judging myself. It's that golden rule at play. Right. Um, and then he, he continues, uh, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to plank in your own eye? Yeah. How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when at the same time you have a plank in your own eye, which like, let's be honest, that's a, that's imagery right there. Yes. Um, you hypocrite first take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll clearly you'll see clearly to you'll see you will see clearly yeah to remove the speck from your brother's eye okay um, can i just jump in on on yeah, that point i think this is my theory <laughs> could be totally wrong but i have a feeling that i or i think i don't have a feeling i have a think a thought that that plank and the speck are usually probably the same thing. So when you're looking at somebody and you're judging them harshly in your mind or out loud, um, I think that 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 measure that you're using that will be measured against you is that you're probably mad about the same thing. So like there they say, we caught this woman in adultery. Um, Well, I have a feeling that when when Jesus squatted down and started writing in the sand, I've heard it preached on that he probably was writing out their sins. Um, maybe he was, but he was probably writing out, if he was, probably writing out like the names of, of the people each of them knew they had committed adultery with or something into that extent. But I, I think that I think that we Christians have a tendency to get the most mad and the most boisterous about the things that we're struggling with uh, that that are sin, For but that sure. we see others doing openly, you know. And there's that like yep. <sighs> jealousy and pride, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, like, you I'm don't jealous get... that you're getting away with it, yeah, and I can't. Yeah. Well, how how can you get away with it when I secretly want yeah. to, but I have a guilty conscience, yeah. so I'm not doing it. So how dare you openly do what I want to do? And I feel bad about yep. it. So I'm going to call you out and I'm going to be your judge, jury and ex- executioner because I'm jealous uh, that I don't get mm-hmm. to do what you're doing. <laughs> like, I yep. think that's a, the root of a lot of the talk around like the plank in your eye and speck in your eye. I think, uh, I don't know, yep. it's a hunch. It's not substantiated, but I do think there's there's a lot of tendency for that. And I think a lot of the time when Christians were... Oh, for sure throwing haymakers at, at culture and at people. That was why, uh, is, is we wanted to do yeah. the things they were doing. Um, for sure. No, for sure. Well, even in the church, like, you know, I spent years as a pastor and, um, you know, in, in full-time paid ministry. And, um, this was always a good indication of what was going on in someone's life by what they're getting angry at. So like, you gotta do that's like, hounding on you know uh the homosexual agenda or whatever and you're like oh okay that makes sense uh like you can start making those connections or like um people that you know had a huge issue with with alcoholics and the 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 harm that they're causing those around them right like usually it's a good insight of what's going on in their own heart and the same is true of you as well like as we look inwardly 
um, we can have those conversations with Jesus too, of like, why, why do I get so angry at this specific action or this specific behavior yeah. in other people? There's a probably a good chance there's something going on in you, whether you're participating in that specific action and no one knows about it, or you're, um, not participating, but you want to participate. Um, yeah. and it's kind of this, this evil desire that's living inside you still destruct. You can still cause harm, um, to a relationship between both you and, you know, you and God and you and others. Um, but, uh, definitely a good tool too, for us to at least evaluate and maybe see something that Jesus is trying to point out and we're just missing. And that's how we're, we're, you know, um, addressing it or, or noticing it, I guess, in our lives, uh, but pay attention to those things. I think on the, just, uh, and sorry, I've been in and out We're we're changing from doing nap time all the time to doing quiet time and things are a little dramatic, uh, but such is life. Um, what I was going to say is like bringing it back around to that like idea of he without sin cast the first stone. Um, I think that 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 might be something that you hear commonly in church and, and maybe the way to understand it is is around grace. Like rec- don't be the one with the plank in your eye. Right. Don't be the one with the big uh, with the with the huge obstruction in your life trying to call out the small things in others lives. Be the person like Jesus who sees the sin realistically, sees the way you you are sinning in your life and and still gives grace. You know, like yeah. And another thing is like God is is the judge. It's not us. Like he might use us to to speak into others' lives like you were talking about and to call people uh to call other followers of Christ like to the floor, you know, in a good way. Like, Hey, I see you doing this. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's God's will for your life. I don't think because of this, like to have those conversations, that correction is very different than judgment of, I saw Andrew do this so he can no longer call himself a Christian. And I'm going to make it my, um, MO in life to make sure everybody knows exactly what sin he was doing and why. And so that he, if they don't know, yeah, he could lead them astray. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we justified it. It's wrapped in like all this stuff. And I, you know, I, but I think in this instance, Jesus is modeling grace. He's modeling, like he actually had the right to give judgment and he chose to give grace as a way to to foreshadow yep. how we should live. Like we don't have the right to give judgment. Anytime we do that, we're trying to take God's authority into our uh, ability, which is wrong. You know, we don't have that mm-hmm. ability. And anytime we try to take it, we mess things up. We burn relationship. We burn bridges. We turn people who might have followed Christ away from doing so. Like we do all the yep. wrong things when we try to take that judgment authority of God and, and live it out here on earth. Um, so demonstrate grace and start with like yourself, <laughs> but whatever you, you catch somebody in sin, maybe the first right step is to say like, well, how would I feel in this moment if I just got caught? Not to excuse and say, yeah, nothing yeah. happened and, and turn a blind eye. But to but to put yourself in their shoes and maybe to step back and remember, yeah, like, I don't know, five years ago, I had a similar situation or a day ago or this morning I had a thought about this, you know, but to start with like, man, how must that person feel in this moment? Um, And how would I feel if I was them? 
Yeah, that's great. Because yeah. like compassion is the key um, to to helping somebody actually fully realize who God's calling to be and, and fully realizing is, is getting rid of junk in their life uh, that's causing harm to relationship. Um, you know, so like that compassion piece so it would be huge to, to get your heart right to help somebody else. Um, like if you're, I think all too often we get angry and we want vindication. Um, so we, we take these stances against things and against people because we just want vindication. Um, we're jealous or prideful. Um, we think we're better than, and all reality, we can find ourselves in those same situations. Like you think of like crazy things, um, like adultery, like that's a big deal. Uh, but the reality yeah. is any one of us can commit it. Like if the circumstances were right, sure. And, and sure, it probably take a fair amount of, it may take you know more time than others to get to that place, to make those decisions. But you've probably made 50 decisions, you know, before you ever got to the decision in that moment anyways, like, yeah, it can easily happen. So yeah, we got to be on guard against those things and make sure we're talking with Jesus about those things and being honest and vulnerable about those things are, is key too. But like so easily we could be, you know, it could be the worst of things. Like I remember having a conversation and we're going like freaking 5,000 degrees. Um, like we were having a conversation about a, a, a person that we knew, a friend of mine were, and I were, and you know, this individual abused their, their child. Um, and you're like, how, like, how horrific is, is that? And disgusting is that? And yeah, that's true. It's horrific and it's disgusting, but let's be honest. Like if the circumstances were right, you can end up there. Like you get addicted to pornography and you let pornography take you down these freaking crazy ass roads that it's so good at doing. And you're looking at this, the craziest of shit in the pot, you know, in, in the, in the world. And then that's not enough for you. So you look at even crazier shit and that's not enough for you. You look at even crazier shit. And then you end up in this, this disgusting cycle and like can't feed this this crazy urge that you've now created inside of you yeah that's how you end up in there that's how you end up doing some weird shit uh and some horrific things to children right like it's possible all of us could end up in those places if if we let ourselves go down to certain roads so like have some grace for the individuals go down those roads we're not excusing the behavior the the behavior is sinful it's destructive it's it's disgusting in a lot of ways um but like if we're going to help that person find freedom from that thing, someone's got to walk with them. Yep. Like how, how is it helpful for that individual just for all the, all the believers that he, that, you know, he knows or she knows in, in, in their life, just back off and be like, good luck. Yeah. Like that's the opposite of, of what Jesus is trying. And, you know, we get into the conflict verses, right? Like, you right. know, um, right. you know, when Jesus walks through people sinning in the church and how, how do you deal with it? Like we're so quickly to, to step seven in that process of like yep. kick them out you know, mm-hmm. disown them from the community. Yep. But that's so far down the road in, in the process of walking with that person to try to get them to repent and return. Right. Like to, to walk away from means I no longer have influence. Like I've given up at that point. Um, and if I haven't actually given up on that person, then I probably should still be walking with that person. Maybe that person's not a part of the, the community together because there's, there's harm being created there. Um, but I can still walk with them. You know, I, I, I can bring another brother along with me and walk with him or, you know, uh, you know, for the ladies to do the same, like it, it's, it, it's compassionate and grace. And if we're not showing those things, I would, I would argue we're not aligned with Jesus. I don't care how much truth is on your side or not. Um, like you're uh, a walking wrecking ball, um, in community and a relationship and it's not helping anything, uh, and you're, you're causing harm. And this is why I think Jesus went after the Pharisees in this moment. Um, in a nice way, it gets more aggressive later on, you know, as the gospel accounts go on. But um, this is why, you know, Jesus 
put this inside of his his big sermon of here's the most important things of it's not your your responsibility to judge um like walk with people love people well um yeah speak truth into life as long as you have you know influence to do so um but if you don't, you're just going to cause harm and you're going to lose opportunity to help anyways. And if your heart is really to help, you want to do it the best possible way that you, you can. Um, if it's you're hurt, you're, you want vengeance. Yeah. Your actions are going to show that um, because you're hurting your vengeance. People are going to, people are going to attack. You're going to attack people and not help people. Um, you're going to think you're okay. Cause you have truth on your side. You're like, well, I'm right. That's sin. I'm calling it out. But if you're not doing it for the sake of that person um, being restored, for loving them well, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And you're in sin just as much as they're in sin at that moment. And you'll be held accountable for that as well. That's right. Like, come on. Sin's destructive. Now, like Andrew said, though, just because you're, you're showing compassion, just because you're trying to show grace and you're walking yep. with them, um, like we don't excuse the behavior. Um, right. like it's still sinful. It's mm-hmm. so wrong. But we don't have to create more consequences for them. Their sin is going to have plenty of consequences on itself because if they committed adultery, guess what? Husband or wife, they're, they're going to find out. They have to find out. They have to be told. Um, that's going to do some damage. Um, and hiding it isn't helpful because it's just going to do damage down the road yep. at a grander scale. Yep. Right? Like it, there's going to be repercussions to their actions. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, to shoot with adultery, depending on how the spouse reacts, they have the right to walk away. Um, yep. like, sorry, that's Jesus gave you that out. Like you've destroyed the, the marriage covenant at that point. And there's gonna be a lot of work to restore it for the women and men that stay in those relationships. I applaud you. You're showing the amazing grace and compassion to continue to walk with those individuals to restore what God put together. Um, big deal. Um, like I applaud you to the nth most degree. Yeah. Um, but to work through that, Andrew, I have another meeting starting yes. that I forgot about. I do too, my uh, friend. And I think you do too. Yep. So we're going to have to bail. Um, thanks for listening guys. Yeah. Andrew, any last thoughts? No, man, just, uh, I, sorry, I was a little in and out, but, but the idea of like, be quick to put yourself in that person's shoes and, and show compassion of understanding. Like that's a, if we can get better at that, we're going to start to look different in a really, really good way as, as followers of Christ. So that would be a powerful way to have a testimony of like, I'm going to really put myself in your shoes in this moment. I'm going to be ready to walk with you to, to work through this sin as God works through it in your heart. And uh, yeah, we need to take that posture, man, rather than the, the one on the street corner calling out uh, everybody's sins. Let's uh, let's be quick to say like, no, like, let the one without sin be the first one to cast a stone. Um, so yeah, man, this has been good. Uh, thanks for doing this. And I don't know, I'm excited to, to continue on in church words. It's going to be good. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer to your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram. 
or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.